comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome back to the World Chase Tag Podcast. Extravagant. I was really confused. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, we, well we were talking about this on our baseball show, but Logan and I ended up accidentally <laughs> watching um, some World Chase Tag on ESPN2 for a little bit the other night, uh, which was very extreme. But uh, yeah, so I thought it'd be fun to enter with that. But no, this is the stateside soccer show. You did not listen to one of our million other podcasts about World Chase Tag. But I am Jordan Wiegand, and with me today is Logan, the guy who I can never tag because he lives a thousand miles away. <laughs> is it a thousand? I think it's, it's like a a 99, a 999 or a thousand some miles. That's wild. Um, no, but I was really confused. I. I uh, you say that we accidentally stumbled upon World Tag or whatever it was. Uh, you did. Uh, I purposely stumbled into it because you were talking about it, and I thought it was fascinating, so I had to check it out. 909 miles, by the way, to Orlando. Know. So if you're more south of Orlando, it might be close to that. Uh, close up, but... Um, but yeah, no, my, my wife, I, as I was trying to get back over to the Sporting KC... No, what was it? Uh the revs versus orlando game mm-hmm. on sunday i was flipping back at after halftime from the football game back over there and uh, my wife's like oh look i was like tags on and she was like watch it and i was like <laughs> okay we'll watch it for like a few minutes because i want to see what it is and it's like extreme like they have like these almost like jungle gym type mm-hmm. things that they're like dodging through and everything <laughs> but uh, then i get back to the game and i missed the dk penalty yeah i was like i was only off of here for like three minutes but yeah (laughs) um yeah so that was that was my week uh we're running a little later than usual because of the um well one i wasn't feeling super hot yesterday and logan had some house issues going on with his appliances so we're like we'll do it wednesday and we have a bunch of games that are actually going to be playing within the hour we're recording this. So this will be outdated as soon as it comes out. So I hope everybody is prepared for that. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about uh, some of the other games that have happened. I don't think we're going to go through every single scoreline here because we missed a bunch of games because it was Wednesday and then the weekend and then some games that are coming up Wednesday. But we're going to look more ahead at what is going like forward. 
right? Like mm-hmm. forward from here. And I do want to share this interesting article that was published uh, today as well on MLSsoccer.com. Uh, MLS top 25 top selling jerseys of 2021. Did you see this at all? Uh, I saw a couple of names that were listed. I was okay, kind of yeah, shocked. Don't, don't look it up. If I, I'm going to test you on some of these. Okay. Okay. So uh, number 10, do you have any idea who number 10 would be? Oh, man. Um... And what, and what, not just the player, but what jersey specifically it is of that team. I'm going to go Rui Diaz, Seattle Sounders, number 10. No, this is uh, number 10 is Sebastian Legette. Okay. With the green and blue LA Galaxy. Okay, yeah, so the really nice looking one. Yeah. Huh. Number nine comes from the same team, but it's Jonathan Dos Santos. Same kit. All right, number eight. Now, I'm going to give you a clue. This was a man that used to play for this team. He came back to the team this year. Pretty big club. Who you got? Pretty big club. Um. Oh, Kamara didn't play in D.C., did he? No. Ola Kamara? Yeah. I mean, he's been there. Mm, pretty big team, and he came back. What conference? Western. Uh, I'm like blanking now. They were in MLS Cup as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with... Um, God, I don't know. Freddie Montero. Oh. With the Jimi Hendrix right. kit. I was trying to think of somebody on the Sounders, but I was like, I don't even know who would have been on their team and left. That makes sense. Yep, yep. Freddie Montero, number eight. Number seven, I'm not going to make you guess this one. Miles Robinson, you would never have gotten that. No, never. <laughs> no. Not unless you said center back for Atlanta United. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about this? Number six. Is on the same team as Montero, and he's a much maligned U.S. men's national team starter. Oh, at starters. Times. Yeah, uh, at times. People Christian hate Roland. it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Hendricks kid again, purple. Um, then number five is Nicholas Ladero for Seattle with the purple kit. Number four, Chicharito with the green and black LA Galaxy. And I don't know if this is actually this is the kit that they use to show it off. So I guess it could be just anything. Yeah. Honestly. Um, but this is the one that they're showing on it, each one. Carlos Vela's number three with the cream colored LAFC. Mm. Uh Raul Rui Diaz number two. And did you see who's number one? No, but I'm gonna guess Joseph. Yes. That figured. Yes. That one I uh, even after not playing particularly well this year and coming back from a massive injury he's the number one jersey so so okay those were the top 10 the rest of this 25 nani is number 11 yeah he is number 11 wando alowski wando alowski number 12 uh <laughs> poor, up there somewhere isn't he? poor austin fans we have uh, cecilio dominguez number 13 they did that probably before the season started um 
Number 14, Emmanuel Reynoso. Number 15 is Brenner. Number 16 is Lucas Zellerion. Number 17 is Walker Zimmerman. Number 18, Johnny Russell. 19, Diego Valeri. Alejandro Bedoya, number 20. That's kind of shocking. And Gonzalo Higuain at 21. Diego Chara at 22. Alexander Ring at 23. Thomas Pochettino at 24. And Hen- uh, Hani Mukhtar at uh, number 25. So we actually have three players. Austin players in the top 25. <laughs> and two Nashville players? That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, Walker and, and uh, Hani. Huh. You want to know what I've noticed on here? Um, what what did you notice? No, no New York revolution teams. players. No revolution. Oh players. yeah, and no New York teams. Oh my goodness, yeah. Big markets too. <laughs> Big markets. Do well, they the sell Rams, their baseball the jerseys? The are surprising, I guess, because you know, like they're kind of yeah. not surprising, but surprising at the same time. Of you know, if Philly's on there with Bedoya, that's surprising. That like. You know, Carlos, Carlos Hill. Hill. Yeah. He's not up there for his MVP t- caliber season. And Tyon then Buchanan. running away with Supporter Shield, like, mm-hmm. that's kind of shocking for me. Buchanan being Canadian. and Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess maybe they don't. They, they wouldn't buy a not. Revs kit. Yeah. Pretty interesting. That is weird, though. Like, uh, I would have thought, yeah, like, even like a, and I know goalkeeper kits aren't common, but. Uh, yeah, no goalkeeper list. No Matt Turner. I'd buy a Matt Turner kit. Do it. Should. That's Do your it. challenge. Now. Yeah, there you go. Oh god. Last time I tried to order a jersey it didn't go well. <laughs> yeah, did you get it? I do have it. Yeah, it's gonna be on its way. So oh, oh good. That's exciting. All right. So let's go ahead and look ahead at the well, let's just look at the Eastern Conference as it stands now after all these games and you know the possibilities of where it could stand after you're already listening to this episode, I guess. But the Revolution have clinched the Supporter Shield. They have 70 points. They have two points to go to tie the record, right? And then three to win it is the way I understand here, to get the record. Um, so they have uh, two games left. So they need at least one win out of these mm-hmm. to tie. Do you think they'll do it to break the record? Um, yeah, I think they will. Like, I, I think, I mean, heck, they didn't even really play much of a lineup against Orlando and still got a point after being 2-0 down, um, which was really painful to watch. But, you know, I think, yeah, I think they can do it. I, I mean, I know Colorado will be playing for something when they play them. They play them today that you're listening, or, you know, I guess yesterday if you're listening to it. Um, and so Colorado yeah. won that six nothing, isn't it? Nuts. I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, just kidding. We're recording before that. that happened. <laughs> yeah. So if that yeah. actually does happen, that is uh, some voodoo, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think they can, and they definitely play a Miami team that is not great, not um, the best in the east. not the best in the East, like they've <laughs> been, like they deemed. were. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's amazing how quickly they've fallen. Um, um, so much so they're not even in the playoffs, but yeah, I, I think they do it. I, I don't think that they come up short. I think they can do it. I think they'll get the win at Miami. It'll depend on how well they play against Colorado and if all their guys play against Colorado. I don't know. Do you think they do it? Uh, no. 
I thought they would, but I, I think I don't think it's something Bruce Arena cares about. He doesn't even care about the supporter shield. <laughs> um, so I, 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 they might bench some of their players the way they did against Orlando and just kind of mm-hmm. see how it goes that way, which means look, they probably will do it. I, I'm just kind of, I guess, thinking there's a good shot they don't. Like, even if they just draw the next two mm-hmm. and they tie it with the 72, I, I still think that's an achievement, right? That's still still pretty good. Oh, yeah. That is the right number, right? 72? Because we looked yeah, it up before, right, and somebody yeah. said 71, and I am... Um... No, 72 is right. It was LAFC with 72. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm trying to see... That was in 2019, right? 2019. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they beat it by one point because Red Bulls had 71. Yeah. And the year before that, the record was 69 by Toronto. So, like, they had three straight years of record breaks Mm -hmm. until the Union won it in 2020 with less because there was less games. Yeah, sure. Blame it on on the game. I I will. Uh, I will. And uh, (laughs) then the Revs, if they do win it, would be... For full seasons of 34 games, it would be four straight years of setting That's the record, wild. which is nuts. It just shows how much better, I guess, the league is getting, maybe. I don't know. What does it show? What what does it show, Logan? Does it show the league's getting better or, like, the difference between the top and bottom is getting bigger? Like, what it, What do you think this shows if it's four consecutive full seasons of record-breaking uh, points? I mean, I think it shows a little, maybe a little both. Uh, I, I think that the growth in the teams at the top are getting bigger just because I think they're getting better players. I think the teams are getting better at the top. But that it, with that, I think it also means the teams at the bottom are getting worse. <laughs> I, I mean, it's getting easier to pounce all over teams um, if you've got a better team. I, I think, yes, I think eventually they start to kind of even out. And I think that some of the weaker teams like a Cincinnati um like in Austin, I, I think those teams start to get better talent, but until they get better talent um, and, and get a better sense of where they're going and direction wise, I think that some of these top teams that have, I mean, if Jordan, if you look at some of these teams, I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty good teams that are competitive against Mexican sides, which I mean, years ago, you'd have laughed if you just said that about MLS, but I, I think that your style, I mean, new England is, is looking to be the best team that's ever played in the history of MLS. And I, I, I think I attribute until next to, year. Yeah, until next year when, <laughs> like, you know, like uh, Montreal takes the, the gauntlet. But, um, but yeah, no, I think it is. It's a, it's a combination of both. The league's getting better, but with that, you're going to have some teams that if they're going to tank it or struggle, you're going to see some lopsided victories or some lopsided points because they take advantage of those, especially if you've got it where they play mostly just in conference games, which they've done all year except for, like, two matches or so. So, yeah, no, I think it. I think both are fair to say, but. What are your thoughts? I mean, is it you've been watching it? Uh, yeah, is it, it's obviously better. Um, is oh yeah, it yeah, that yeah, much better. Like I, I mean, I remember they were talking about days about the uh, different teams that were playing the you know select few, but and it was brutal to watch at times. I think it's tough to say at times because I th- I think at times you, I think that you know like we've said how competitive MLS is, but also I think at times the top team of the year is almost always, uh, you know, pretty well ahead at, mm-hmm. at times. And 
Uh, I mean, I'm looking, it seems to be a really recent thing. You know, if I look at, okay, 2017 Toronto broke the record. I did not know this off the top of my head. They broke the record with 69 points. I knew that, okay? But that means the record before that was actually 68. Do you know when that was? What, there was 68? Yeah. 2006, seven. 1998 with LA Galaxy. Are you serious? It's that long ago. Yeah. And actually, then they only played, played 32 games. I was so say, well, 32 the points then. per game was actually still better for the Galaxy. Um, nobody matched that points per game of 2.12 until LAFC in 2019. Um, and actually, if the Revs, uh, if the Revs end up winning it, uh, they would have the most points per game. Because they're at two point one nine right now with seventy points, so I mean, if they if they get like two more wins, I mean, they yeah. would smash that record. But yeah, so if they get seventy six points, I just think that's like not going to be probably uh, met for quite a while. I made a joke about next year, but uh, I think that would take a lot. Now, I, I do think this is the Revs' best chance. Mm-hmm. For anything, because we do know, you know, Tejan's leaving, and I wouldn't be surprised. Buxa was being looked at by Leicester, apparently. Yeah, I saw something today about that. So they're probably going to lose a good chunk of these players um, in the off season, or at least next summer. And I don't think that they can make the run like this again. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think I, if you look at Carlos Hilo, I mean, I. I... I know he's a little older, but it, it still would. I would think that there would be teams like you said with Buxa with him. I mean, Tyjon will be gone. Um, uh, you, you've got a, you know, Matt Turner that, you know, depending I think on the way he might be interested in making a move eventually, if, especially if they do well this year. I could see Matt being like, okay, I want to go try and see what Europe's all about because it seems to be that's the case with a lot of these guys that are playing over here and they've played well and he's played well. And I think he deserves a shot. So it'd be interesting to see if this ref team does well in the playoffs or, you know, if they don't do well in the playoffs, I mean, you could see some of these guys decide, you know, maybe, maybe one shot, one last try at at Europe or playing in um, some of these bigger leagues. I think that you could see some shifting around in, in January. And like you said, I mean, heck we were all predicting Columbus would run away with the league and, if you look at what what happened, it, it just hasn't panned out that way. And I think a, a Portland team uh, is also a good sign of that too. If if, if you've got the chance, um, you take the chance because you never know when you're going to get it again. So I don't know. Yeah, be interesting. Um. So I just want to say this thing just came out as well too. I see Alex Campbell, <clears throat> friend of the show, uh, talking about it. Uh, Paul Tenorio reported that the Chicago Fire are flying in Ante Razov, Paulo Nagamora, and Ezra Hendrickson for in-person interviews for their new coach, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Alex Campbell points out on Twitter, current, they're current, they are the current assistants who work for Bob Bradley, Peter Vermees, and Caleb Porter. And he said exactly the profile the club should be interviewing. So it's kind of like the, uh, you know, the... Um, uh, the or the Atlanta move, you know, yeah. for uh, Pineda, uh, you know, going after somebody that is at part of a successful organization and hoping to grab them because they may not be able to grab much else. Right. Um, 
I mean, Ronald Coleman is now unemployed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. fired, so. That sounds like an Atlanta hire, actually. I will <laughs> it really does. <laughs> <laughs> so it might end up being a Miami hire. Who knows? Or, or a Cincinnati um, disaster or something crazy. So uh, looking at the table, Philly moved up to second after, uh, what, their game against Nashville? Yeah. Uh, they have uh, Nashville in third, Orlando in fourth as of this recording. NYCFC in fifth, Red Bulls climbed up to six. So both New York teams now in a playoff spot, Atlanta in a playoff spot, while Montreal and DC are now the ones out on the outside looking in mm. as DC got hammered like six nothing yeah. uh, to NYCFC. And really a bad time for DC to fall apart here as they only have three games left for DC United. And, you know, they have uh, they're the ones that have like most of their teams against the um playoff spots right yeah they're a team that i thought coming in i I thought that it would be more difficult for them to get into a hole um and try to get out of it to try to make the playoffs Um, now dc is only three points off of fifth place while they're in ninth so this last few weeks here well they've got red crazy Red Bull, Columbus, so two teams that are going to be fighting for playoffs. Yes. And then they've got Toronto. But, I mean, those are two teams fighting for playoffs. They really needed that win, but they had a tough stretch. They've had New England and then NYCFC, and now they've got Red Bull, who have been on fire, um, and then Columbus, who will be clamoring to try to get into a playoff spot after Caleb Porter said that they will never drop a, a game at home to get knocked out of the playoffs. But I guess we'll see how that pans out Yeah, yikes. That's a tough. That's a tough pressure to put on yourself, don't you think? Yeah, we're definitely not going to lose at home because right. we don't want to get knocked out at home. Yeah, uh, and then you know if they do, then a lot of people can kind of put that on you, I guess, right? Um, so that's it's a little ballsy, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, what's I mean, he's playing with house money, right? He won MLS Cup last year. I mean, I don't know what else. Right, with a team that many didn't think should have won it. So right. Right, everybody thought they were going to get hammered against yeah. uh, the Sounders, and uh, that didn't happen. It happened the yeah. other way around, and I was one of those people that was that was incorrect. I can I can say that I can say I was incorrect. I was I'm not, not incorrect. somebody that uh, I'm not somebody that you know uh, won't admit that they're wrong. Um, on the West Coast, by the way, we have Seattle. They're in first place with 58 points. SKC is in second with 55, Colorado in third with 55, and uh, those three have clinched playoffs. Mm. Portland, while they've struggled lately, right? They've they've had some losses lately. They're in fourth place. Yeah, um, they're looking pretty good. Uh, LA Galaxy is down to fifth now. Minnesota in sixth, and LAFC with like their recent form here. After Bob like <laughs> made some substitutions in the 20th minute against. Uh, Oh man, who was that against? That was against uh, San Jose or mm-hmm. somebody. Um, you know, th- they go out there and, uh, or maybe it was Dallas. Um, they go out there and they win like two out of those two of those games, and they are now in seventh place in a playoff spot. While Vancouver and RSL teams that have been kind of bouncing around those playoff spots are now on the outside looking in. San Jose is still somehow not mathematically eliminated with thirty-seven points in tenth place. Then you have Houston, Dallas, Austin, who are mathematically eliminated. 
uh, as we're kind of getting into the the thing here. I mean, all the way up to fourth place can change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess technically by math, third place and second place can change from SKC and Colorado. They could end up being out of the four, I guess, but not not conceivably, right? Like, yeah. Portland could actually end up falling out of the playoff spots by just two-point difference with Vancouver and four-point difference with RSL. So it's getting squeaky bum time here. Yeah. And so many teams – like, this is the worst part. Uh, I think Weeby said by uh, Wednesday of next week, everything's settled, and then you have decision day, obviously. So uh, everything should be settled next week. But it's so confusing when teams have – like like Seattle and New England both have 32 games played. Uh, LAFC has 32 games played. So, like, those are all teams – like, obviously nobody's going to catch New England, but those are teams that have played a lot of games, and now they're just kind of waiting around to see what happens with the rest of the – spots like uh, the skc thing's fun to watch because it's like skc could overthrow seattle um with the two games that they have in hand which is exciting um again a team that i I think many thought that peter vermes was uh you know maybe they had an easy schedule last year i know he talked about it and i talked about it at length this when we previewed um sporting kansas city but when you got daniel shallowy playing the way that he's playing and you've got johnny russell playing the way that he's playing lately um and then you got vermes who's uh, arguably the best one of the best coaches in MLS. I mean, this is it's become a point where uh, can you really doubt SKC? They, they're starting to become one of those teams that, um, like Seattle, they're just kind of thrown in there like, hey, they're going to compete every year and that's going to be a good team every year. I mean, you say Sporting Kansas City could overthrow Seattle. I think Tamelia may have already done that uh, in their game. <laughs> Oh man! As he, yeah. uh, if, if nobody saw this, uh, if you, if you're listening and haven't seen it, uh, where he just like wrestles rolled yeah. on to the ground, no red card, no VAR, but today it was announced he got a one game um, suspension. That's it, and fine. Uh, Should have probably been. And Twelman was saying that he had heard originally it was supposed to be two games, and he's not sure what happened to the other game. I mean. I put it to you, Logan, as we've talked VAR on stoppage time a lot too. And we and we probably will at some point talk MLB replay a lot on extra yeah. innings. Um, but what is the point of having VAR and four referees on the pitch if they can't see what we all saw on a replay mm-hmm. 30 seconds after it happened and send him off? Like, I'm not sure what they were seeing. Uh, I'm not a biased party. I, I enjoy both of these teams. I am not like a diehard fan of either team. So I right. don't, you know, I'm looking at this of if that was them doing it to Philly, I'd be pissed that they didn't get a red card. <laughs> and I'm putting myself in that same position. And it's amazing the amount of SKC fans that were uh, defending it, honestly. Um, but What's the point of VAR and having all these refs if they can't get it right? On something egregious like this. I'm not saying like a little ticky-tack offside yeah. or whatever, but something like this. Yeah, no, I, I, I really don't understand. Uh, and in live time, a lot of people, you, you knew right away that it should have been red. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know what like what they what they go look at. I did they were they showing like some other clip uh, of the goalkeeper and, and and trying to figure out what was going on. I. I I don't know how you missed this call so blatantly. I, it, it is clearly a red card. 
Um, and with the ability to go back and look at it and determine, you know, that this was a malicious act carried out to the, you know, harm another player. Like this was clearly, I mean, this really could have hurt uh, Roldan. I mean, he picks him up to a point where if he lands him on his head um, as he takes him down backwards, like a suplex kind of thing, uh, it looks like a WWE move. If he, if he lands on his head, I mean, you're talking about a guy that could be paralyzed or, you know, seriously injured in a different way that, um, I don't know how you miss this. I don't know how MLS doesn't step in and at least, I mean, if I'm the MLS, I think you go in and go, okay, well, something's got to change and, and maybe take games away for reps that, that were involved in this. I don't know. Should it be it, three just, games? Honestly, like, is it, this was what, really bad. Is that what reckless red cards usually are? Like three yeah. game suspensions. It just yeah. seems crazy that this is one and that it is so egregious. Mm-hmm. And it's so against player safety. I can get if you're like, okay, it's his first offense. Sure, but we want to look out to make sure no other goalie starts doing this. <laughs> you know, like if, if other keepers start doing this too, because they're like, well, I can take a one-game suspension. I yeah. Can, I could use a week off. You know, like yeah. uh, where, where they can do stuff like that. It's just ridiculous that goalkeepers are so protected. Yeah. It's the same thing every time they make a dangerous play and they go for the ball and a striker gets like his head punched in and nothing happens because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, well, the keeper has the right to the ball. It's just stupid. Yeah. Keeper should be like any other player on the pitch and not be so heavily protected. That was it was wild. Like I, I, I couldn't believe that they came out and showed yellow like it. I. I was in shock, complete. Uh, and, and, and I love what Weeby said earlier today. I was listening to Extra Time, and he said, in any other universe besides this one we're currently in, that's a red card every <laughs> single day, every moment. Uh, the fact that he miss, misses that is just uh, beyond belief. And, and I totally agree with him. I, I think that this is, like you said, it was so violent. Like, it, it was... He clearly knew what he was. He grabs him, and then he kind of backs up a little bit with him, and then he decides to top him over uh, and slam him onto the ground. It, it was absolutely insane um, that this thing was not called the, the Sounders direction. And, and to be honest, Jordan, I know this shouldn't have much to do with it, um, especially at a home stadium. Like I, like they, you usually see the refs tend to maybe overreact a little bit at home just because. It, it you know the the crowd's lively and people react and it's you know I think a reaction is oftentimes refs react to the reaction so it, the fact that he has not shown any kind of thing but yellow and like a no no uh, don't do that again it's mind boggling I'm still in shock every time I watch it yeah when I saw everybody saying like oh Rodon is like blocking his way back onto the pitch so that's no. why. I rewatched this thing after that. Like, okay, maybe I was watching it on a like a weird day, mm-hmm. but no, there's really no excuse. Like, Rodon could be blocking his way, but it doesn't give you the right to slam into the ground <laughs> either. I mean, I just don't yeah. know. Um, but we'll move on uh, from that. I did want to just say Andre Blake is not going to play in tonight's game, and it came out his grandmother passed away. So thoughts bad. out to Andre Blake and his family. Um, Okay, uh, let's go ahead and look at uh, Logan's cat who's there jumping all over the place. <laughs> all right, well, you know what? Let's look at the games that are happening right now as we record, okay? Um, well, we won't really go too in-depth with the ones that just happened, I don't think, except for maybe the Orlando Revs game. 
Oh, we're good to go by that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> New England, New England is facing the Rapids, uh, as we mentioned, uh, right now. Um, Atlanta is facing Miami in a little bit. Cincinnati versus Nashville. Columbus versus Orlando. That's the one where Orlando really needs a win, but Caleb Porter said Columbus is not going to lose at home today. So which one do you think is going to give there? And the listener probably already knows the answer, but go ahead, Logan. Who do you think which, – which one gives way here? All right, so Orlando's 4-6-5 and five on uh, the away side. They don't typically defend very well on the road, and they really have a hard time scoring on the road, and they've had a hard time scoring lately. I'm going to say Caleb Porter gets what, he, what gets what he wants. I'm going to say they don't lose, but I'm not going to say they don't win. I'm going to say it's a 1-1 draw. Seems to be the way Orlando's been going lately. Um, so I'm going, to, I'm going to notch one up to a, a tie here um, because why not? They've got 11 ties, uh, which is currently second in the East um, against Nashville, who has 16. So let's go tie. I feel like that's a safe bet. 1-1. One, okay. one. Uh, that's not fun. Yeah, I know. Um, but <laughs> Nani, Nani scores for the first time in 11 games, and now he's coming back, and he's. I feel like he's going to score one here against Columbus. But I'm I'm going to say that Caleb's got the extra magic to, to not lose one at home and maybe keep some playoff hopes alive. D.C. United versus Red Bulls. Red Bulls have gotten into a playoff spot. D.C. has been holding that playoff spot for a long time. D.C. needs to win this game. It's at Audi Field where they have 10 wins uh, at home, which is pretty great. I think D.C. gets it done, and uh, uh, you guys already know if they did or not. But I think they did. Um, let's see here. We have Forge FC versus Montreal in the Canadian Championship. That's at 730. Uh, we have NYCFC versus Chicago at Yankee Stadium. At least there will be some some fall sporting event at Yankee oh, Stadium. Oh, no, today. you didn't do that. <laughs> oh, no. That's okay. None of the Yankee fans are listening anyway because they don't support the soccer team. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Toronto versus Philly at BMO Field at 730. Uh, Dallas versus RSL is going on in about an hour at 8 o'clock. SKC versus LA Galaxy on FS1. That one. is a good matchup. LA Galaxy really needs to turn it around. They really do. Um, Portland versus San Jose. San Jose on the verge of being knocked out. Portland can go either fourth place or out of the playoffs. Like they need uh, a win here, and it's at Providence Park. And then Vancouver versus Minnesota. Again, Vancouver just outside a playoff spot. Minnesota well in a playoff spot right now. I think they're in like fifth, um, sixth. Six. So they're only one point apart from each other. So even a draw really doesn't do Minnesota any good. Then tomorrow we have Monterey versus Club America in the CONCACAF Champions League final. I don't think any of the MLS teams will win in that one. No. I'm not feeling good about our chances. Saturday we have some games coming up here uh, for the teams. Um Miami versus NYCFC that really only has significance for NYCFC as Miami is really on the verge of getting eliminated here. Univision, TUDN, and Twitter is where that game is on 1.30 on Saturday. 3.30 on Saturday, RSL versus San Jose. That's also on uh, Univision, TUDN, and Twitter. Red Bull versus Montreal, which is now a playoff uh, matchup. Like a, mm -hmm. like a, hey, 
try to get in if you can. Um, pretty interesting. You know, we had Red Bulls and NYCFC kind of dead to rights here, and they've kind of snuck their way back in. Um, we have Atlanta versus Toronto at 6, DC versus Columbus at Audi Field at 7.30, and Dallas versus Austin in really a meaningless game as both teams are eliminated at 8 p.m. on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we have some spooky matchups. Are you ready for these? Yeah, these are scary. Minnesota versus SKC. Could be very scary for Minnesota um, if they don't, if they fall out of a playoff spot. Uh, That's on ESPN. We have Houston versus Colorado. That's scary because we have to watch Houston play. That's Mm. three (laughs) o'clock. Black and orange, though. They're dressed for the theme. We have Orlando Nashville, which could be very scary for Orlando, or here, a draw. depending on what happens. It's going to be a draw. <laughs> Four o'clock in Orlando on Unimas TDN mm. and Twitter, and then seven thirty prime trick or treat time. Mm. Philadelphia versus Cincinnati um, at Subaru Park. Uh, that's on ESPN Plus, and then we have a Monday game: Seattle versus LA Galaxy. On TUDN and Twitter at 10 p.m. What an odd TUDN Twitter game. 10 p.m. on a Monday? Against two, uh, for two teams that are playoff bound, which is odd too. Like they couldn't find anywhere else to put them. Then we have Tuesday, LAFC versus Vancouver at 10.30. That's a day that we'll be recording, I guess. So um, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, uh, we don't. And then we have, after that, we just have some Wednesday games and then decision day. Like, Mm. that's crazy. We'll have to do something for decision day. Yeah, because those games are 3.30 and 6. How about this? If, and you'll have to let me know if you can or not after the show, but uh, just pitching it on here so you can say, uh, so you can't say no at this point. Okay, Uh, but if the East is more interesting, we go live for the 3.30 games. And if the West is more interesting, we go live for the 6 o'clock games. But we're absolutely not doing 3.30 to 8 o'clock because I cannot do that. Hey, Extra Time is doing it, Jordan. I don't know how they're doing it, but I know that I think it is from 3 to 8. I was like, you guys are wild. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm up for that. Uh, I think it'll I have be a the, feeling it'll be the East. Yeah, I do too. I have a feeling it'll be the East because I think there's just so much movement that can happen. Mm, yeah, because it looks like it looks like by the time that they reach decision day in the West, you could actually have like your seven teams, maybe an eighth, but not likely. So yeah, I think it'll be it'll be the three thirty games. I imagine. So. Yeah, it'll, probably. It'll save me from having to watch the Dolphins play football. That's sort of <laughs> scary in of itself, too. Yeah, well, LAFC just trounced Seattle uh, yesterday, so that's interesting. One thing I want to bring up, too, here, isn't it kind of crazy that, like, at the beginning of the season, we thought Seattle had a really good shot at the um, supporter shield, and now they're going to finish so far they're 12 points behind Revs. Like, that's how much New yeah. England went on a run. They're 12 points. Seattle's 12 points behind them. Yeah, because I feel like, like the like 58 is not a bad year. And they've had a lot of injuries. Um, key players, Nico Ladero's been hurt. You've had Jordan Morris hurt. 
Um, Rui Diaz is hurt now. Uh, it, it might not be back until later. So, I mean, you've got a team that's all banged up and they've got 58 points. And like you said, Jordan, we thought, I mean, maybe that just shows how class Seattle is and how good they are. Uh, but I think it shows even more so just how, uh, I mean, honestly, it's the best team that we've ever seen in the history of MLS um, with New England. And as they yeah, kick off tonight, I mean, you could really see that come into fruition and kick off soon. So, you know, getting to that 73 mark, historic and i'm not sure if there's another team out there that'll beat it for a little bit but who knows it could be as quickly as next year yeah next year with uh who you calling go, jordan 74 let's go uh well let's see if they get 76 points though oh that'd be really tough they need two win. they can oh, do down two wins all right so 77 I will points say next year 77 points i gotta write this down <laughs> Um, next year, with 77 points, winning the Supporter Shield would be uh, the resurgence of LAFC. Okay. You want my 77th pick? Yeah. All right, 77 points next year is going to be... I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Union as the 77 <laughs> points. Um, I'm only saying this because Paxton's Erickson will be only like, what, 18 at this point? So yeah, I've got to feel like he's going to come onto the scene next year. I feel like they're going to get maybe a couple signings here in the winter. Yeah, let's go. Let's go Philly just because they defend really well, too. I wrote it down. Mm. Uh, so we'll see. I, hey, I'd be ecstatic. But I don't, I don't <laughs> a real supporter shield. I got a question for you. Um, if you're a fan, I guess uh, this sucks because I know your answer to this one because of what happened. But if you're a fan, if you're just like a regular fan who haven't won supporter shield or MLS Cup, which one is more important to you, MLS Cup or the supporter shield? If I hadn't won it, yes. Yeah, say won? you're say you're a Cincinnati fan. Right, and think 12 years into the future. If you're trying to win Supporter Shield or MLS Cup, which one is more important that you win first? Uh, hmm, whichever one you win first. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I will say, I would say, of course, the big one is MLS Cup. That's the most important. That's the one people actually remember. And, um, you know, what 20 years from now, some kid when they're getting an MLS is going to look at a list of Wikipedia MLS Cup winners and be like, okay, these are the people that won. Yeah. You know, you, you don't sit there and study who had the best record in the NFL, right? So, like, uh, or That's best true. record in baseball. I mean, what did that give the, the Giants this year? It gave them nothing. Yeah. And of course, I mean, San Francisco Giants, not the New York Giants. I was say the they New they York weren't Giants even close to anything. <laughs> oh, they're close to the New York Jets stadium. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because they had an interesting conversation they're like uh, well they were like making the argument for supporter shield being important because supporter shield is overall a lot of people see it as the, you were the overall best team for the whole season and not just this little window of single elimination games which i mean i kind of understand but i feel like soccer is a little different I know it's MLS, but I do feel I do feel like strong teams and a good team at the right time is going to win the MLS Cup. Like I, I feel like you can you can the only ideal get so is you far to the ideal people. is you you win both in the same season like Toronto did. Yeah, uh, and you say 
We were the best all around. Yeah. And then you don't have to pick which one is more important. Look, the union won the supporter shield last year and that's great. That's a great first trophy. And it felt good after all the losses of the open cup, Mm -hmm. but mission's not complete until you win MLS cup for me. Right. That's like, that's like Orioles winning the division and then in 2014, but not winning the world series. It's like, okay, nobody cares about that anymore. Right. And with supporter shield feels the same way where we won the supporter shield. And I was like, finally we have a trophy, but if we don't win MLS cup, people are going to look at this trophy as one, a fake trophy because it's supporter shield Two, a fake trophy. Cause it's supporter shield on a short season mm-hmm. and three, not only was an unbalanced schedule, but a very unbalanced schedule last year due to COVID. So I think there'd be even more asterisks. I don't care about asterisks that much. Yeah. Like people trying to give, you know, like the Dodgers asterisks or the Lakers asterisks for winning the 2020 season and stuff that I don't think matters because you're still doing the same. Like baseball was still seven game series, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like nothing changed once you made the playoffs Mm -hmm. and, um, but when you look at best record overall, I can see the merit of people saying, well, you're the best team of that season. But as Bruce Arena points out, it's it's kind of ridiculous when it's a unbalanced. Yeah, game. that's true. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine that they hand out a trophy for it because I, I like that and my team won it. And I think that's cool. But, you know, when you look at uh, around the world, we can't compare our supporter shield to an EPL trophy because – EPL, they actually do play everybody twice, and here we don't because we're just ballooning the teams mm-hmm. to so much, so many teams, and we're also having uh, uh, thousands of miles to travel across right. the country, which is making it difficult. But I, I, my, for me, the goal is always MLS Cup, and if I'm a Cincinnati fan, that's what I do because you know what, they actually have a better shot at that than they mm-hmm. do a Supporter Shield. You know, like if we're talking, especially like Cincinnati sneak in next year you can't this year sneak in next year and just get hot at the right time and you win mls cup and you'd be like yeah that's the main trophy one because it is in the eyes of everybody but two yeah we may not have been best all the season but we still won the whole thing so Mm. suck it right yeah Another interesting thing, Ola Kamara leads uh, the Golden Boot Race 17 goals. Adam Fuchs is 16, Raul Ruiz Diaz 16, Shallowy 16, Gustavo Bo 15, Castellanos 15, Chicharito 14, Grylock 14, Mukhtar 14. And the one, Jordan, that I thought was most interesting, and I saw a tweet on this one, Chicho Arango, who the LAFC got, I think, back in the, the transfer window, um, he comes over in August and he has 13 goals. He's only four off the top and he's only played in a limited uh, time uh, in a win limited window. He's got 14, no 15 games played 13 starts. Um, he's miles away in minutes from some of the top scorers in our league, um, which I have found very impressive uh, for somebody that, I mean, if LAFC had that the whole season, you talk about LAFC being one of the better teams, I think. Yeah. Um, but they just didn't they've have They've had that a either. whole bunch. They've, they've yeah. had a whole bunch of stuff going on. Okay. So before we head out real quick, just wanted to go ahead and share some playoff scenarios today. Um, on how they can qualify or whatever. Um, 
let me i thought i had it hold on i thought i had it but this is something different um well i know how the uh union can qualify let me share this real quick the union can qualify for the can clinch a playoff berth if they win against Toronto or they draw against Toronto and DC and New York tie and Atlanta lose versus inter Miami or the union tie Red Bulls, uh, DC ties and Orlando loses or ties versus Columbus and Nashville loses or ties versus Cincinnati. Yeah. And then this is the craziest one. I think here we go. Union tie and DC United lose. And Orlando loser tie, and Nashville loser tie, and Atlanta lose. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's uh, that's the playoff scenarios for um, for Philly. I, I thought I had them here on the uh, MLS website, but it doesn't seem like they had it for everybody like they did last year. I, the article made it sound like that's what i was clicking and then it like fooled is, me and i have it. it you do yeah if Where you go it? to this if you go to standings on mls's website oh um, clinch scenarios okay yeah and there's quite a bit of teams that can clinch different situations so you just click on that top article and it says who can clinch in week 33 okay yeah so here you go rapids can clinch a top four if they win or tie versus the uh revs or portland lose and tie or LA losing tie or tie. So uh, Colorado can actually get home field soon. Um, SKC can clinch a spot if they win or tie versus LA Galaxy. I mean, LAFC. I mean, which one is it? Sorry, LA Galaxy, right? Yeah. I don't know why I said that one first when it was right. And then I said, never mind. Or if Portland lose or tie. So they clinch the top four seed. Yes. Right? Yeah. All right. Teams that can just clinch all together. Nashville can clinch if they win versus Cincinnati and NYCFC lose or tie. Or if Nashville wins and Atlanta lose or tie. Or Nashville win and Red Bulls lose or tie. Or Nashville win and Orlando lose or tie. Or Nashville ties. And DC Red Bulls tie and Atlanta lose. Orlando can clinch a playoff berth. Are you ready for this, Logan? Yeah. If they win versus Columbus, do that. And you would also need the Red Bulls and DC to tie and for Atlanta to lose. So <laughs> you're probably not clinching tonight. No. The Union, we already went over. Portland can clinch a berth if they win versus San Jose and Minnesota loses and Galaxy lose and LAFC lose or tie. Uh, teams that can be eliminated. If Columbus loses versus Orlando and DC beats Red Bulls and NYCFC wins or ties versus Chicago. That's very likely. Like, I could see that happening. Yeah, that is pretty likely. Uh, Columbus lose versus Orlando, DC win, and Miami wins. That's another likely one. Yeah. Or Columbus loses, NYCFC win or tie, and Atlanta wins. Or if Columbus ties, in order to get eliminated, NYCFC have to win, Red Bulls have to win, and Atlanta has to win. 
that's another that one's i feel like that one's as crazy as it sounds that one looks to be the most likely now that i think about it like if you think about it i think columbus and orlando could very well tie i think they've got that guy yeah but i just don't know if red bulls will beat dc and dc yeah that's true that's the thing that's That's your only hiccup yeah that's the biggest hiccup i think uh inner miami can get eliminated if they lose and nycfc winner tie and red bulls winner tie and earthquakes will be eliminated if they lose or tie versus Portland. And that's your clinch scenarios. You already know if you're listening what happened, probably. Um, I can't believe Cincinnati clinched at birth. I, it was wild. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe all those other teams quit. <laughs> yeah, they gave up. Right. Uh, they just went home. I'm so confused. They're joining the Super League. It's un- it's unbelievable. <laughs> they got Ronald Koeman as their manager. <laughs> They all got point deductions because Tim Millier was just body slamming people. Um, yeah. So uh, there you go. Uh, if you want to follow us, you can reach us on Twitter at Stateside Show, Instagram at Stateside Show, Facebook.com slash Stateside Show, or email us Stateside Show at gmail.com. We'll be back Monday to talk about today's action and the weekend action and look ahead to the Wednesday and weekend action for decision day. And then we got what qualifiers. Yeah. Qualifiers. And then we got playoffs. Yeah. Playoffs. And then we got MLS cup. So it's going to be a lot of fun for our first full season covering the league. I started in October of last year. So should be uh, a lot of fun. Uh, if you want to reach us, you can contact us at the places I just said. But other than that, have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. Tomorrow throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stop It's Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.